0: Thanks for joining us. It is the Live Transform podcast number two hundred and eighty-eight. We're your hosts, Bob and Audrey, with Doctor Jim Richards. Imagine Jim. that. Good to see you.
1: Imagine that we've got Good Jim to be Richards. Here. Hey. Richards is in the house. Yeah,
0: there you go. And I do want to mention that you have had a new series uh, that has been, you know, posted.
1: Yeah. Out right. there,
0: uh, faith righteousness, the ultimate revolution. Revelation of God, yeah, and what a great series that has been out there, and uh, that is uh, five episodes,
2: six, six it should be six. Okay, okay. I, I hope it's I hope it's six. If it if it isn't, they left one of them out. <laughs> right. And you know what, man, I'm getting great, great, great feedback from mm-hmm. that. You know, righteousness, as the Bible says, is is the stumbling stone of the gospel. It's not really just the stumbling stone of the gospel. It is the stumbling stone of all. Reality. Yes. Because this is the thing that people get hung up, mm-hmm. twisted up, uh, more than any other doctrine. But it's also the one doctrine that will alter. Your perspective about every single thing relating to God.
1: I love it because, yes, righteousness can get so misconstrued and it's just been so reduced to just right and wrong. Do the right thing, you know, and that's what we—or say the right And then, of course, in yeah. the end, that's righteousness. I mean, let's just say it. I mean, that is the key word of the word righteousness, but— how that is lived out and experienced and enjoyed, and and our invitation to righteousness is something that is so <clears throat> incredibly um, irresistible. And I've never thought of righteousness like that until we just walk through series like this. And then I have to say 30 years of hanging out with you, Jim, because in in every experience I've had with you for all these 30 years we've been together, righteousness is not a swear word. It's a good word. It's a it's a it's I'm even gonna venture to say a fun word because I love a fun, clear path. And righteousness to me is an incredibly clear. It's it's a lot of things, but one of the things it is is just clarity of. Of yeah. Path of of direction. Well, you know, if you if you
2: hate pain, and I hate pain.
1: <laughs> if you
2: hate <laughs> pain, you would actually love righteousness if you knew what it was. If you don't love righteousness, then there's two factors that are happening by default. Number one, if I don't love righteousness, then number one, I clearly have no clue what righteousness is really about now that right. that's not a put down to say that because religion has religion has done more to pervert our concept of righteousness than than anything even i mean e- even your religion will put up with you believing on jesus as long as you don't believe on jesus version of righteousness
1: because that's just and too so, outrageous and risky oh
2: my yeah. gosh yes so so you know but 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 I, you know, if I don't if if I if I don't love righteousness, then number one, I very probably don't really understand it. But secondly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by default, I am saying I would rather have pain mm-hmm. than to have righteousness because because righteousness becomes the the, the I'm, trying, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words this morning. The righteousness becomes the one factor that determines whether our life is going to be good or, or, and enjoyable and desirable, or whether it's going to be painful and difficult and challenging. But even when you say it that way, it sounds like you're going to a legalistic place of of uh, it, it earning you something or
1: that, that kind of thing. But yet it so doesn't. Mm-hmm. Everything you said, nope. maybe you said you were stumbling over your words, I could it, you could have not have made that more clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. you you know, that is such an invitation to me mm-hmm. that oh. if I don't, you know, if I would rather what I would rather have pain than righteousness. I'm just thinking about some people that I'm working with right now that are just having trouble um just um say no to some um just wrong behaving, let's call it. Like just, I didn't want to call it stupid stuff. I don't want to sound judgmental, but just making wrong choices that they think are going oh. to provide them some kind of pleasure that's actually providing them tons of pain. Oh, and yeah. so when you can say it this clearly, this is actually, you saying it this clearly is going to help me later today because I have a phone yeah. call I need to make. So thank you very much, Jim. We put it down to one sentence. Yeah. Hey, do you, would you rather have pain or righteousness? Yeah. A or B, take your pick.
2: Uh, and those are the choices. It's
1: actually, those are the two choices.
2: <laughs> no. You know, when you uh, I always, you y- all know, in so many things, I-, I always go back to the first uh, 11 chapters of the book of Genesis, because this is the beginning of all things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, uh, o- over you know, over the last five decades of of do of, of always going back and rereading those those early chapters of Genesis over and over and over again, you know, I have to say that that my. My value for what I see in those chapters has expanded mm. exponentially every year as I go back. So, oh, wait a minute! I, you know, I've only I've only read this like three hundred times, but man, I just saw something I've never have yes, seen true. or understood here before, mm-hmm. because that's the ultimate law of first references. Because that that is where you go from from creation or you go from eternity to the covenant. That ultimately provides the doorway, if you will, for the Messiah to come, so that we can go back to eternity and spend eternity with God.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the invitation. This is where life really begins to work, mm-hmm. you know. For us. Yes, yes, And so you you know when you say you know about uh, you know not just avoiding pain but yeah. discovering pleasure. Oh, and yeah. fulfillment, and Bob, that's so you know, good! And sat, yeah. you know So it's not that you know God comes along as this great killjoy. He's like, no, no, I want to bring joy. Yeah. You see, I, yeah. I you see, I want you to experience life and life to the fullest. And that's you know what you're speaking about here is that yeah, boy, we can really mess up our lives, but our Redeemer lives. And you know, I've I had a couple in here just recently, and I just said, yeah, I said yeah we've made some poor choices i got it however yep. if you would allow in i'll just put it in this context you know to for you to come into an agreement or adjust your life to his righteousness mm-hmm. you, you see and and um, in his way all of a sudden life does become easier you know there are yeah. some real simple solutions to some really complicated you know situations <laughs> yes. that we've created.
1: So good
0: Bob. Yeah. Yes.
2: You know you know just saying that you know we've kicked around here uh in this podcast you know over the years but uh, uh but because of the fact that uh, uh righteousness is, you know, God wants you to have pleasure. It, it's amazing in it, I think it's Titus, the second chapter, mm-hmm. says that God has given us all things for our enjoyment. One translation mm-hmm. says for our pleasure. So, like you said, God is not a killjoy. God mm-hmm. is not saying, I do not want you happy, but but he is saying there is a happiness, there is a fulfillment, there is a joy, there is this, there is this place. And uh, this quality of life, where you can experience life at its very, 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 very best, uh, and and not destroy yourself uh, by it. because when we try to find happiness and fulfillment, we go with fulfilling what the Bible calls the lust of the flesh, which mm-hmm. is I want I want I want to get the taste, I want to get the feel, I want to get the I want to hear the pleasant things, I want to see the beauty. You know, in other words, it's all about the five senses and mm-hmm. and the ego, mm-hmm. and so. And so it, it is not about the fact that God doesn't want you to have enjoyment. Uh, enjoyment that we discover through the gratification of the flesh is like it's like finding a fruit which Adam and Eve did, and this fruit is the most poisonous fruit on earth, and. If you eat it, you will surely die—the most excruciating, painful death that you ever died. But you will have three days of the greatest, sensational pleasure, physical pleasure that you've ever had.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, to me, that's kind of that, that's kind of the, the 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 comparison. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: The the perceived. Well, not even the perceived, but that's the yeah. trade-off. That is mm-hmm. the
2: trade-off. Yeah. Because you know the Bible does talk about the you know the pleasures the pleasures of sin. Sin has for a moment. Sin has a pleasures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a moment, yeah. So anyhow, but God wants us and actually the, the, the general concept or general terminology in the New Testament for this quality of life that we're talking about would be like kingdom living. Uh, you know the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven where all where all of God's resources are available to us and but inwardly it's all happening inwardly we're having such this this incredible uh, uh peace and joy and happiness and fulfillment and confidence and and safety and you know satisfaction and all of that is so incredibly predominant but it has no bearing on what anything is going on outside of you mm-hmm so, so you know, when righteousness brings the, the, the benefit, brings the reward that it brings, it really uh, does it from the inside out. And so, in any way, any way that the world out here gets better, it gets better because of what's in me and working its way through me and out of me, out into the world. Whereas when we're trying to have pleasure from you know the the the, the flesh. Is trying to get things outside of us yeah, to line right. up, and and we hope that that will work its way inwardly. And right. but but it, but it it never does.
0: Yeah, right. And that's this is where people find a lot of dissatisfaction in life, simply yeah. because they are looking for the external to get right oh. or to be in alignment or something right. to help me, but. As believers, we live from the inside out. Yes. Oh, yeah. you see? And yes. that's where then I become an influencer. No. You know, yes. I change the atmosphere where I go. No. And so, and you rather change, than. And
1: you change everything about your externals just mm-hmm. by who you are on mm-hmm. the yes. inside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not walking around trying to control it.
2: You're not no. walking around trying no. to make anything happen. It happens just because you're there. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. No, the, ter- the phrase, I, the, the term I was looking for was correlation. Is not causation.
1: That's it. Oh my gosh! And I even—it's so funny when you were thinking of that correlation. I remember it was in the middle of December when we were recording. I could—I couldn't even know where we were, what month it was, but I couldn't think of the word correlation.
2: (laughs) But but you know, but anyhow, there's this tendency to think about righteousness from a works or a, perf- right. or a performance basis and so then then you you you, you have this correlation mm-hmm. that says okay if if if, uh, if if righteousness is from a works basis and and then your life gets better and more peaceful and more enjoyable then then your behavior is causing that so you're mm-hmm. earning that by your good behavior which mm-hmm. is not it's at not all what it. we're talking about
1: yes yes. But you said that very well, so I think people are catching it.
2: Good, good deal. But, you know, kind of, and, and always making sure we have a good, good, good foundation mm-hmm. before we move forward. You know, let's kind of, I, I want to talk a little bit. We, we touched on this a little bit in the, uh, last week or two, but to me, and the reason I started out talking about the first, these first 11, 12 chapters of Genesis is because there are things that you can see in the physical world that become types or shadows or models that, when you look, try when you try to look at the invisible world, you can't see it clearly, hmm. and you'll create, you know, you'll create a superficial correlation. Uh, between cause and effect, and and you know, you you'll think you see why something's happening. You think you understand what something is. So, so if if everybody would indulge us, if if all the people here that are participating in this po- podcast will indulge us, you know, I I think we could have the three of us could have a discussion. To take people on a journey to really comprehend righteousness in a way that they never ever have in their entire life mm. and would very probably come to really love and value righteousness. Yeah. But it's gonna start from knowing what righteousness really right.
1: is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you guys
2: game for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. We're all in. <laughs> well, you know, just like you start out by saying, you know, now the word righteousness in the Hebrew and the Greek but I mean it's a pretty inclusive word it has it has some real shades uh, mm-hmm. of 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 different concepts mm-hmm. and 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 you know the Nuances. more of them we know and layers and yeah yeah but but the most basic uh understanding of what righteousness is it is being right yeah
1: doing the right thing yeah. Oh yeah, well, no! Not doing the right oh, thing. Okay.
2: No, 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 no. Oh, That's, oh behavior. no!
1: Oh no! You don't, Audrey. No. Don't,
2: <laughs> don't, don't. You know, pay attention to all of your My terminology. Words. Okay, not just to you. I'm not just saying that no, to I you. No, I know. Pay I love it.
1: that we're doing this because if, if I'm doing it, that everyone there are other people yeah, will do it. Too.
2: Because it, almost okay. immediately when we start talking about righteousness, And do the right our, thing. Our terminology is going to go to behavior.
1: Yes, but and,
2: and we can't go to behavior. We can't.
1: Yet. So, you said being right.
2: Yeah. Righteousness is at the right. most
1: yeah. basic definition. Yeah. Being
2: so right. We have to understand then, now, if God is righteous, one, one of the really interesting things, when you go through the scripture and you look at what seem to be the most significant attributes of God,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they always include righteousness, always. Now, there's a reason, and and people will understand this reason as we kind of go through explaining this. But, for example, it seems like maybe the top maybe four attributes or five attributes of God would be uh, righteousness, Mm -hmm. uh, justice, uh, mercy, and a couple of other things. I would say faithfulness. uh, I can't remember faithfulness, but faithfulness would be at least in the top 10, probably. Okay, all
0: right. I hit the top And it may 10. be
2: in that top five. Okay. I'm just kind of blasting this out, out of my hip pocket yeah. here. So so anyhow, so why is righteousness included every time it talks about justice? Why is righteousness included every time it talks about mercy? Why is righteousness... In other words, why is the word... Why do we find the word righteousness always included when when... We, when we have a scripture that's telling us these incredibly significant attributes of God,
1: mm.
2: you know, most of my life, and I think I mentioned this, and and, and uh, you know, you guys, you guys just jump in here, uh, however you want to, you know, add to this, but you know, for much of my life, I would have said. When you get as deep into the core of who God is, as you can get, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're going to find love. I I would have said that the great portion of my Christian Mm -hmm. life, but that's really not correct. When you get as deep into the core of who God is, actually what you find is righteousness. Now, there's a reason for that, but 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 we have to get our understanding of what righteousness is from God, or else we will pervert all of that into something that has nothing to do with to do with righteousness so so there you know when I started teaching a lot about the grace message and and you know I, I share this, I'm not trying to brag, but you know, I was one of the pioneers of the grace message worldwide and and so you know, I was trying to answer questions all across the world to ministers that were wanting to understand what grace was. And one of the early things that I did, as I said, look, we, we got to understand the difference between what grace is, what the fruit of grace is, uh, how, how grace comes, uh, how grace works, and, and if we don't, we will package all of that into, a, into a, a one-dimensional conglomerate of a definition of grace, and it'll be a wrong definition.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right, right,
2: right. Because there's a difference in how something works and what something is. There's a difference in how something comes. For example, you know, the Baptists, and I'm not knocking the Baptists, but yeah. the Baptists always define grace as unmerited favor. Well, that's that's not totally wrong, but it's not it's not really correct either, because unmerited favor is really more about how grace comes than what grace is, Mm -hmm. because you know the word grace is where it gets into a strength, a power, a capacity. That comes by unmerited favor. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, you know, the Pentecostals used to, man, they, they wanted to experience the power of God. So, you know, they would fast and pray and tarry at the altar. And, and, so, and so basically they were saying this power of God will come to us through our works we'll pray loud enough long enough we'll wait at the altar long enough we'll go without eating we'll hold our breath you know we're you know we're we're little spiritual babies throwing a fit till God answers our prayers and so and so the problem is that with grace uh we we combine the process whereby it comes with what it is yeah that
1: makes
2: sense so so if so if if the, if the if when the Pentecostals were talking about the grace of God for power, which really, uh, you know, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the root word is charis, which is the root word of grace. So, so there's a strong grace and power are strongly connected. They're not identical. Mm. They're not synonymous, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. strongly connected. But the key is that power that the Pentecostals wanted, like everything that we get in God, comes by unmerited favor. We, it doesn't come because we deserve it. Right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I, I went to great lengths back in the early days of always, when I'd go into a, me- a, a meeting with a new group of people, man, I would do a lot of stuff about just getting the definition.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Of- right.
2: Mm-hmm. So you can understand this process. Yes. Well, it's the same way with righteousness. There's a. You still go to great a,
1: lengths to give us great definitions. I,
2: I do. I, I try to. <laughs> I but,
1: just, but
2: but remember, and I love if, you it. A, if you get a wrong definition <laughs> and you're working from a wrong definition, oh, you're on a you wrong. Will, you can
1: get on a pathway, and that can take you to all kinds of places. Oh,
2: ab- absolutely. You can. You can get. Completely I just wanted to clarify
1: off. that you still do that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I couldn't let that one so, go by. On. <laughs> so you know, so I, I want to understand what righteousness is, and then I want to understand the co- the connection between why why is righteousness the core? You know, why isn't justice the core? Why isn't love the core? Or why isn't mercy the core? Or mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, why aren't? How why, why am I so sure that love is not the core of who God is? Right. Well, and, and you know, I'll answer that question because that might be a good illustration. And you, you know, you guys, we talk about this a lot. We see this, you know, we, we struggle with the posts that we see that that they're not totally wrong. You see them all over Facebook about the love of God, and they have a, a they have a maybe a little short teaching about love. that's not totally wrong, but it actually is far from being truth.
1: Hmm. Hmm. You
2: know, it'll be one dimensional. It'll be, Hmm. it'll it'll talk about love from a human standing or it'll talk about love uh, that's not reciprocal. In other words, it's not talking about the kind of love that the Bible talks about.
1: Right, right.
2: So you start realizing if I'm going to talk about love, I first have to have some basis to define what God's love looks like. If I don't have a basis to define what God's love looks like, then I will come up with some carnal, humanistic concept of love that actually people will try to apply in the name of Jesus and totally destroy their lives. Same way with, uh, uh, same way with mercy. Mercy. If, if I, you know, man, I I am a, man, I am a, a person who is deeply, deeply appreciative of the mercy of God. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I you know, I can't even tell you how many times Brenda and I will, you know, we'll be just talking at night or something and, and, you know, we'll just, or we'll be sitting at the dining room table talking, it you know, just be me and her. And our conversation goes more than you'd ever think to the fact that, man, not, only do we have an incredible life, but this is, is, is way better than anything we deserve. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The, you mm-hmm. know,
0: there,
2: there, there is no reason in the natural sense for our lives to be as blessed and mm-hmm. uh, as, as abundant mm-hmm. of, of all of the things that you value as it is. There's, mm-hmm. there's, just, no, there's just no real reason for that. And so... And so, you know, I know that that's mercy. I know that I'm getting better than I deserve. I know that I'm not getting what I deserve. Hmm. But I also know that doesn't mean that God just ignores or wipes out the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in in, in mercy, I need a definition of mercy that does not turn God's mercy into liberalism Mm -hmm. or does it turn God's mercy into permissiveness and so the problem is no matter what it you know, it's like forgiveness I'm telling you when I talk to the when I talk to people who are pretty new believers about forgiveness you just you know what I'm just stupefied at how ignorant they are they have no clue what forgiveness actually is and their mind forgiveness is God just saying is I right. right. yeah
1: you're off the hook
2: yeah yeah, yeah you're off the hook I'm, I'm just going to let that go. Mm -hmm. When the Bible says very specifically that God cannot just let sin go. Mm -hmm. And so based on our current pop theological definitions of mercy and forgiveness, then then nobody has a clue of, of, of what it really is because they're not defining it from God's word. So every keyword and you know i've said this over the last few weeks several times pretty much every cornerstone word that we use to you know to the bible uses to describe the most significant aspects of the of how we need to understand truth religion has redefined them over the last 2000 years to the point that they don't mean Anything close to what they mean in the Bible, but we think because we're using the same word that it's the same things in the Bible so you know i, I you know I've, I don't know how many times I've used this it's a tired example for people who heard me you know use this a lot. But, you know, when I first got saved and, you know, the Catholics were going to kill me for, I mean, they were literally going to put a contract out on me. They called me up, a group of them called me up, contacted me. I met with some of them personally, and they were going to put a contract out on me if I didn't quit sharing Jesus with, with their kids. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I actually went, went down here to the cat, you know, to the Catholic Church, talked to the priest. I'm like, man, I, I got a group of your people trying to want to kill me. And so, you know, so I talked to him and. And I said, look, I, you know, all I'm really doing is, is helping these kids get born again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And for some reason, I just kind of thought, mm, you know what? Maybe I better ask him another question. And I said, now you do believe in getting born again, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we believe in getting born again. And so, you know, I was, going, I was almost satisfied with that answer and about to walk away. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. And I said, well, will you explain to me? Your definition of a born again, and he said, "Well, getting born again is when you get sprinkled, or when you, he said baptized." I said, mm-hmm. "Well, wait a minute, baptized." So you you're talking about you take a baby and you baptize them underwater? No, 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 no. no we, we sprinkle them. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you, you you get into this thing where he's saying, "I believe the same thing you do. Mm-hmm. I preach the same thing you do. Mm-hmm. I use the same terminology you do." But I don't mean the same thing that you or the Bible mean by this. And this is one of the reasons so many believers are so confused. Well, it's, I mean, man, you know, you get into a lot of shades here. You know what I mean? Oh, no. You get into a a lot of nuances. Yes. But when you look at the modern definition of righteousness Mm -hmm. and then you look at the modern definition of faith, there isn't, they are not, (laughs) there's no, uh, uh, they're not simpatico, you know what I mean? Those two terms together don't even work based on religious definitions. Because for the last, you know, at least 60 years, from the Pentecostals through uh, through the Charismatics to the Word of Faith, uh, the word faith has totally been ch- changed about, about how it's used. And so the word of fa- uh, the, the term, or just the word faith itself, is all about us doing something, us believing yes. something enough to get God to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but then righteousness is about uh, about behavior. So well, wait a minute, so what, wait a minute. faith, righteousness, so, so righteousness is me being good enough and faith is me trying to get God to do something. There, there isn't, there's nothing about Faith righteousness that makes any sense, and really, most people when they talk about faith righteousness, they might as well be saying fake righteousness, because basically they're just saying, okay, so God, so so I'm righteous, but so it don't matter how I live, so so it's all fake. It there, there is no there, there is no quality of life, there is no uh, ethics or morals or values connected to it or, or or any of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, so so righteousness is. Being right, so in <laughs> I every remember,
1: hello, I remember that part.
2: <laughs> there you go. So this means that in everything, everything I'm doing in life, how I'm ra- how I'm raising my kids, and so remember when you talk about the glory of God, you know the doxa. We're talking about the view, the opinion, which is the reality. So God has an opinion about everything. Mm-hmm. I have an opinion about everything. Mm-hmm. The difference is God's opinion or God's view of something creates or actually describes a reality that already exists on some plane. I have a, I have a opinion about reality. I don't have a reality. I have an opinion about reality, which could be a, a vain imagination. It just can just be something that I have dreamed up. I've concocted it myself. So, so in, in righteousness, this is where God clearly defines for us his his realities. So in the beginning, and, you know, this is one of those things that that you could just let slide by and not catch it or argue about it on the basis of terminology, but the very reason God did not want Adam and Eve to eat from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was because... Where God initially shows us righteousness or where he is right is in his definitions uh, of what is good and what's evil.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so the whole concept of righteousness evolves or grows out of who gets to define good or evil Mm -hmm. And, and so is, am I going to, am I going to hold on to God's view and opinion and have the reality that he sees that I can't even see from where I am, or am I going to hold on to my view and opinion and try to create some version of reality? Mm -hmm. And so, so in righteousness, there are, there are really only two, two kinds of righteousness. There's self-righteousness and there's faith righteousness. Mm. Okay. And there, there's really not any any other kind of righteousness. Now, faith and and so so just so that we can get this down to a more biblical concept of of, of faith righteousness, you know, we have to remember that faith what, what is it? Well,
0: I'm just <laughs> laughing because that that is probably one of the most offensive terms you can tell someone is that they're being self-righteous. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> that, you know. I'm telling you. <laughs> Just you, just do a religious one oh you're no. just being so Oh righteous. you want to you want to talk you about manifestation
1: <laughs> Just
2: imagine Watch a person being right there. being so uh, egotistical so full of themselves that they feel like that they ha- have a right to disagree with God and I'm not talking about all things that are hard to understand. Yeah, you know, I will never forget one no, time. No, but this I'm, I'm
0: saying just to disagree with anybody. Yeah, you know they just you but, know have that air about them that no, I'm right. I'm just right, right. Period. But
2: but when we take that into our spiritual life, okay, quote, which, quote, they, which do, then, they do, which they do, then then that becomes my basis for feeling like I deserve for God to bless me. And see, self righteousness uh, is always mm-hmm. based on works, and it's based on the fact that God true, blesses me because yeah.
0: I am right. Right. Well, and then in relationship, at least I'm more right than you. Yeah. Yeah. You see, and right. therefore God is blessing me, and He's not blessing you.
1: And I'll prove it because I do more yeah. than you do.
2: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's just it gets into all kinds yeah, of convoluted, uh, all kinds of convoluted stuff. So, if me and God disagree, I am right. Right. Which means by default, I'm not really just saying God is wrong. Given the, the, the omniscient nature of God, I am saying he's a liar. That's why, that's what Paul was talking about in the book of Romans. He says, let God be true and every man a liar. When it comes to any diversion from God's truth, uh, we're the liars. He he is not the liar, and our opinions are, in fact, lies. So you know. So God says the worst thing that can happen to you is for you to start defining good and evil for yourself. That's mm-hmm. the worst thing that can happen to you. So you know that tree is there, and you know you know it's amazing. You know a lot of people come. Up with, uh, well, God God left that tree there just to test man. Yada yada, all that stupid stuff. No. God can never violate our will. God had God God had to leave it where everything about us was was, was a free choice. And if we were to choose that we want to abandon God's uh, righteousness, God's definition of right and wrong, and, and have our own, He He could not stop us based on how He created us. Mm-hmm. And so, we we chose that now. And and so this is where you start getting into looking at creation and said, okay, now let's look at the let's look at the physical world that God created. And let's see if we can get this model for what righteousness looks like. And and you know, we talked about this a little bit, you know, uh, in, in one of our recent, you know, uh, uh uh sessions where we talked about, you know, all of these things about our universe, you know, the the number of the number of uh, uh, uh of of galaxies right. the mm-hmm. number of planets, you know the energies that work the, you know the position of our solar system in, in, in the universe, the, the position of planet Earth and our in our solar system mm-hmm. in our solar system, all the cells of the human body how they, they all of these energies had to be had to be harmonized perfectly in order to sustain life, wow. With no death.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: See, mm-hmm. we forget. We forget that until mm-hmm. sin came into in the world. And if sin had not come to the world, man would have never died. Hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, we we kind of lose we, we lose touch of that. We, we we don't realize really? that there was yeah. no death. Mm-hmm. So there was a perfect world, and. At every phase of creation, this is just kind of review, at every phase of creation, God said, let this happen. And, you know, we talked about how that the word said is not, the emphasis there is not the fact that he spoke the words, even though that was important. It was the fact that before he spoke the words, he, there were two other uh, things happening. Number one, he um, uh, He actually uh, uh developed all of this in his own heart. He conceived it in his own heart. He conceived exactly what he wanted to happen, and he did it with an intention. And so the intention, as far as we can tell, with everything that he created, was he conceived it so that the intention would be it would sustain perfect life with absolutely no death, and so then he would, he would you know go through a phase of creation and then he would look at it. He would inspect it after he had spoken this into being and it had materialized. He would look at it and he said, this is good. And that word good not only means pleasant and desirable and enjoyable and all that, but, but it also means it is in harmony. Well, in harmony with what? in harmony with his intention.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And so when God talks about good and evil, he's just not talking about uh, bad, you know, uh, sinful, uh, so to speak, uh, wicked, you know, nasty. He's talking about is it something that is, is in harmony with my intention for you to have eternal life, or is it out of harmony, which means it now brings death into the world? And so every phase of creation, there was a physical thing that happened that was conceived to create this perfect environment for the human race or to sustain the life of the human race. And, and uh, when he said it was good, it was like, okay, the intention has come to pass. So righteousness in reality is perfection. And so this means that that when when sin came in the world, the entire universe, entire created world, did not implode.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: did not fall apart. Right. But there was a degree now of disharmony, hmm. and that disharmony was to the extent that the that the beliefs of their hearts had changed. And to the extent that they now begin to do things differently than how God said to do them. Mm-hmm. And so with every with every move away from that which was perfect perfectly harmonized with God. To that degree, and I think we used the example of the piano tune. Yeah, we
1: did. It's
2: sort it's of so like, so like to the degree that, that I say, no, you know what? I, I really think this is the way it should mm-hmm, be done. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like taking a key and detuning that string just a little bit.
1: Right, and hoping that we'll still get beautiful music.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the deceitfulness of self-righteousness is I'm calling this good. I am saying we can get beautiful music out of this even though it's going to be out of
1: tune. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Or maybe even worse, this will not get it out of tune. This will make it better. This will make it tune even better. This will make it sound magical.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: So we see in the physical world, this based on God's, Definition of good and evil. He created everything to be good, to be in harmony with Him, and to be something that was so wonderful we would desire it, we would crave it. It would be pleasing and enjoyable.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, this is so. You know, this is just so applicable to life, and it brings us back to you know, just beginning. You know, of. Going full circle, which we love to do in every podcast, is go full, full circle back to the beginning of what we were inspiring, inviting into, <clears throat> is this beautiful, beautiful righteousness. But really it is perfect harmony. And what I just thought of just now is that, you know, it's, it's one thing to just, in our journey in this life, to continue to fine-tuning our hearts with God because he does have that mercy on us as we're, we're ready for the next tuning. We, we, we are so willing and humble yeah. and, and and willing to to see something from a new point of view. Oh, I can, t- I can fine tune that a little bit. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me. But, you know, and then we see, and that's when the music you say magical it's almost like there's a there's a tuned piano but i think frequency happens when there's an instrument that is so in tune that it actually changes something like the world something changes in the world because the music is so beautiful and i oh, yeah. and i think that um, when I've, in the last couple of weeks, and Bob and I were kind of alluding to some personal things we're going through with just some people that we know, when you're full on choosing to just take a note and go yank and say, I don't really like how that is in tune. So I'm going to choose how I think it it can go that's yep. when it, it it's very sad for us because we know that people are choosing pain because I don 't believe yep. that you know I believe that I can fine tune till the day I see Jesus face to face, but to just deliberately say, Nope, I don't like that, so I'm yep. going to change this. You know that this is our getting more and more close. The righteousness leading us to more and more perfection and more and more beautiful music every day. I think that's a beautiful calling. But let's just be aware of how how can we love people when they are full on. This is my challenge right now. I'm just telling you. How can I lovingly, you know, just say say to somebody because they're asking me, it's not someone that isn't asking. I don't know if how... I I think you have to be very sensitive not to tell when you see someone yanking their note out of tune to be the one that you think that you've got to be the one to be the conviction in their life. But when Mm -hmm. someone's asking me for help, how can we inspire them to the goodness of the righteousness of God? Not because it's behavior, but because it's everything beautiful, it's everything righteousness, everything not pain. It's, you know, I just... This episode, this podcast episode, has just really helped me to. Um,
0: hey, let me just jump in. I'm just that in you words. know want to hear what you're, you're saying here as well. And one of the images that is that's going through my mind is the thought that when I have a note out of or a a string or a note out of tune, yeah, you know, going back to the uh, illustration of a piano, yeah, uh, or let's say a string on a guitar, yeah, um, I I find that if if I do not Choose to align my life with the righteousness of God. I'm going to tune myself to myself.
1: Oh, you
0: see, then I—that is—I think that's That's the self-righteousness. Then everything in my life goes out of tune. You tune
1: it all to that one. Yeah, you see,
0: everything then begins. Now nothing's working in my life, but when you know Hmm. I recognize and identify, you know, um, Jesus, you really are Lord Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm. You know, it comes to the Lord, Lord, you're the one that I attune myself to.
2: Yeah.
0: You see, that's the frequency, <clears throat> yeah. you know, that I want to harmonize with because, of, because otherwise then I will become self-righteous and I'm just going to uh, try to
1: make everything, n- make shift
0: everything from- as we're saying, the yeah. external circumstances all come into an agreement, you know, with my view and opinion and all i do is continue in a place of, of chaos and you wonder why life gets complicated and hard and that's yep. because you're missing mm-hmm. his righteousness
2: i think i think you used a great example there when you when you tune your part of the world to you it got, <laughs> then that part of the world goes out of tune with god yeah. yes it does yes you know uh, uh interestingly you know the word sin and see this is one of the reasons because we don't understand righteousness we don't understand sin
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: you know when we think of sin almost any Christian in the world thinks that sin is when you do something wrong and that and that these bad things that consequences that come into mm-hmm, your life mm-hmm. is God punishing you
1: mm-hmm. to
2: try to get you to come back in line-hmm mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's a conviction of the Holy Spirit is is hurting you and punishing you. And and so, you know, really, you know, Paul defined the New Testament concept of sin as falling short of the glory of God. What what, what does that word, glory? View, opinion, reality. So really, sin would be better understood to be any uh, divergence from perfectly
1: tuned up in harmony yeah.
2: with god yeah and so and so and so the going out of tune that then causes this imbalance so that now now my physical body's going out of tune my emotions are going out of tune my relationships are going out of tune so i'm losing harmony with god and so, so this means that the consequences that are happening in my life are not have nothing to do with God. They have mm-hmm. nothing to do with God saying, "I'm going to get you for that. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to beat you back in the line." Uh, it has to do with the fact that I have chosen to tune my guitar to another standard.
1: Yes. You know, yes.
2: You know one of the most interesting things and golly, You know we're about out of time here, so I'm just going yeah. to touch on this as more as an example than anything else. But one of the things that we know is we know that current tuning of musical instruments is not natural, and we know we know that there was a time and, and when they found you know when they have found ancient instruments, some of which are still in tune after thousands of years, they found that there that there is a standard frequency that that is in harmony with everything in creation
1: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and so. And so, uh, what was discovered was was that in early times of worship, when David played his harp, or when when they sounded the trumpets out there, you know, uh, and, and, and phenomenal things happened among the children of Israel, they weren't playing the notes that we play. And so there was a time. The Rockefellers were highly involved in this. There were two or three of the big globalist anti-god families uh, in America and in Europe you know, that were involved in this. And I forgot the name of the name of the International Board of Standards and something that they went to and basically changed tuning uh, from, from what it was naturally to where the standard tune is A, at 440 hertz. Mm-hmm. Now, when they did that, what's interesting is 440 hertz has a derogatory effect, that frequency has a derogatory effect on the cells of the body. And so, you know, the when when you look back, read all the documentation, this was a deliberate move on the part of people. Who, who want to bring about a globalist, one-world government. Uh, just a whole part of br- bringing corruption into people's lives simply by exposing them to frequencies that harm their body. You know, right now, the current that flows through our house flows through our house at a frequency that if you stay too close to that current, uh, for too long of a period of time, it will cause a disruption in the cells of your body. So this thing about harmony is a is a is a real is a real deal. It's, yeah, it, this it is, is this, this works in the physical world, and so in the physical world, it's like these are the frequencies uh, that the world. Uh, and actually, that the, that the whole universe, you know, we, we know the frequencies of the universe. And so these are the frequencies that all things uh, vibrate at. And if we, if we harmonize with those frequencies, then we live longer, we're healthier, we don't have as many diseases, the body detoxes itself by mm-hmm. itself, you know, all, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing happens on a spiritual level. Yes. There is a frequency so to speak yeah. and that frequency is based on God says this is good. So okay yeah. so then then we're going we're going to go for your uh, uh we're going to go for your frequency for what good is. God says, this is evil. So when I move away from this frequency that you said was good, I am now doing something that is out of harmony with everything about creation, including my, my connection with God, my emotions and all this kind of stuff. So, so And I'm not getting all people like, oh, that sounds all new agey. No, no, this is, just, this is science based on the biblical account of creation. And so, so the, the point is this. You, you know, even even in, in Matthew, Matthew 18, where it talks about, you know, people coming together in prayer, in agreement, and how that things can happen. And, you know, man, I've heard all kinds of flaky stuff taught about that. That word in there where, where it talks about uh, is actually the word symphony, where it talks about harmonizing. It's the word symphony. And it is talking about an orchestra that tunes all of his instruments together and gets in the same in the same key and even they all the, they all play different notes, they're in harmony with each other. So that's when you get the beautiful music and you get all these things that have. God uses these examples in his word. So righteousness is is is, if I accept God's definition of good and evil, and I say, you know what? I want life as good. I want I want what's desirable. You know, the word blessed, if you look it up in the Amplified Bible, it's, it's, it's like to be envied. It's something so good about you're, you're blessed. It's so good that that it is to be envied. Well, when we are in harmony with God, and, kinda, and I know we're out of time, so I'm going to get this out quick. When we're in harmony with God, you know, what's going to make people what you know what I got a guitar with a great I got a bunch of good really really <laughs> nice guitars but I, you know like I have, a, I have an acoustic guitar that almost everywhere I've ever been and taken that guitar and sit down somewhere and start playing it, invariably if there's a really good musician with a really good ear in the room they're like, "Can I play that guitar?" <laughs> because it sounds that good wow. you know something if our life is in tune with God
1: mm-hmm.
2: then really is everybody's going to want to know can I sing that song you're singing <laughs> <Yeah>. can <laughs> i good. can I play in the band that you're playing yeah, in yeah I love can it. i can I can can we can can we get our instruments out and play together and and we can we don't have to shove this down people so we just have to let it be demonstrated through somebody looking at us just like God look at creation and say that's good. That's in harmony with God's intentions. Yes. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about that's
1: that. That's so good.
0: For now, I love it. I love it. And that's, again, that's when life really begins to mm-hmm. work. This is when life really becomes easy and effortless. hmm when you know, harmonizing, right, mm-hmm. you know, with him and, and, then it and him with me, and then
1: it isn't even what we do. It's it's the beliefs in our heart and the faith of God and every, and our relationship with God and being in tune with Him. It it, it isn't even it, what we do during the day. Is just so natural, mm-hmm. and, and it'll flow because of who we are. And that's why it's not about doing right. It's about being right. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's that's really cool. Good. I love it. So where are we going to go next week after all this?
2: Well. Yeah, we'll begin to go into how un, why once we once we start at this place, we start realizing how that we have to use righteousness as the you know as the baseline for defining everything else. Yeah. In other words, uh, if I want to find mercy, okay, I got to make sure it never departs from. The biblical concept of righteousness. So I want to find, define forgiveness. Or I want to define love. Or I want to define mm-hmm. happiness. Or mm-hmm. You know, a peace. It can never, it can never get out of harmony mm-hmm. with the righteousness of God. Yes.
0: Wonderful. Love it. Okay. Good. Thank you, everyone. And again, I do uh, encourage you uh, get a copy of uh, Jim's newest series, Faith Righteousness, uh, available there at Impact Ministries and uh and it it'll, it'll just take this podcast in, to another level yeah. and uh it'll help you it'll help fill in maybe um some of the blanks that you're feeling like oh i'm just missing that and uh i'd really encourage you to do that as well you know back up here listen to previous uh episodes and uh, we look forward to having you on our next one.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I pray such peace and mm. the presence of God in your life today that you'll have just such, just this amazing continuity with the harmony of who God is in your life. And you're just going to experience that. We just know that for you. Yeah. We're thankful for you listening to this podcast. We love your how you love Jesus. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Have a good week.